Peep game, you know what it is. It's your man SKYZOO Skyzoo. Live out the borough, all the way out in Japan. Doing it the only way I know how with the Mega Lace Show. Let's get into it, baby. What up, what up? I'm Adrian Young. I'm Ali Shaheed Muhammad. And we are hey. the Midnight Hour. And you are listening to Mega Late Show. Skirt. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You're youngin' up in here. You know what I mean? We gotta get that demographic. <laughs> Welcome back. Mega Late Show. I am Mega. The Mega Late Show is a Tokyo-based hip-hop, art, and culture podcast. New episodes weekly, multiple content weekly. Uh, this is part two of episode 132, featuring our tremendously talented and wonderful guest, Tahira Walker. Alongside her, we have the guest host, Ramses of the Sugar Shack, my man, and one of my favorite people in Tokyo, another talented singer-songwriter, Maya Hatch. They've been on multiple episodes in the past. Do the Googles, figure that out. And to find out exactly who Tahira Walker is, or at least a portion of what she is and who she is, go back and check out part one that came out on Tuesday, which where we talk about her singer-songwriter career, being in Tokyo for the last 22 years, um, all the kind of experiences that she's had at growing up uh, alongside her sister, April Walker of the uh, renowned clothing brand Walkerwear, who y'all should probably know about that. Do the Googles. Um, yeah, this episode, this part is uh, is also all these beats in the background is is uh, from my man, Soul Dope 95 uh, beat maker, producer from the Inland Empire. This is his new track that he just, well, a new track that he released on Spotify. He is so prolific in the production and just dropping constant joints every week. So check him out, link in the show notes. And um, yeah, the reason I'm coming in now with kind of a, an intro before the guests get here is because we were so comfortable, we just kind of kept talking. I never even brought us into the episode uh, during this part of the episode on the recording. So, yeah, uh, there also may be parts in this episode where there was a dropout or somebody went to the bathroom. We hit the pause button, came back in, and uh, there was even a part where we went off on like a 20-minute ramble, not a ramble, a 20-minute conversation about having children and letting them grow up and grow that we actually didn't even record, but we took a little break in between that. So, uh, th yeah, there's times it might be seeming a little bit crazy to you if it might just jump. I don't think so, but um, yeah, here we talk about Tahira's uh, taste in music, uh, contributions to uh, music with Jay-Z and, and Sonic Adventures and just a variety of things, man. She is so tremendously talented. Go check her out. All the links are in the show notes. Man, Megalate Show. Four, one, one. We had to do that dumb shit in, is, in college. Is that the blues? <laughs> is that the blues? Uh, I've yep. never heard Yo, that melody before. I mean, the lyrics itself. It's the, the oh, chord crazy. changes. It's the one, the four, the one, one, five, four, one. But instead of saying one, you say, I'm sad now. <laughs> Those are the changes over behind my it. But you can sing whatever over it. That no good. <laughs> Me and my cigarette and my of wine. Yeah. All of those. <laughs> I, I want to see like what all the cultural stuff that they have, like, like R&B places. And I've, I've seen a honky tonk place mm. out here. Where are the, I want to see a juke joint. And that's why I brought it up because um, the Love, Peace, and Soul Cafe I was like, dude, we need like a juke joint mm. down here, and you need to. Well, not you need to. I suggest. Uh, well, I think 
<laughs> through your life story, have your liquor, your square, your cigarette burning, and give us all that. <laughs> all that shake. Hey. <laughs> Tell us all about it. Oh, my goodness. But nobody really sings. Do, do you have, like, anybody who really sings blues out no, here? No, that's Dude. the thing. I talked to Zandre no. about that. And he was like, Tahira, you should totally do that because nobody's singing Kick the it blues. Over. And, like, I'm always still developing as a vocalist. And I always – I don't consider myself, like, an official hardcore R&B singer, although mm-hmm. that is the, the main work that I do. Mm-hmm. But um, I feel like the blues is a really safe place to – develop as an mm, R&B singer mm, because mm, the it's a small structure but it's a it's a real smart way to trick yourself into stretching out mm, you mm. know into telling a story mm-hmm. and loosening yeah. up and mm-hmm. finishing what I need to learn mm. so I, guess I think that helps with every genre right yeah sure. absolutely yeah you know Japan like uh, Sorry, they're interested in they're interested in so many genres of music yeah you know and put in their Japanese variation on you know virtually every music uh, American music genre from noise to you know jazz and, and everything I, I wouldn't be surprised if there was like some small niche subculture mm-hmm. of blues musicians sure. out here in Japan there that is. are doing it yeah I just don't know them yet I've gone right? to some of your uh, jazz sessions with you at the Love Peace and Soul Cafe and the in the guys the Japanese musicians it's just one that mean on the harmonica mean so yeah yeah him that guy mm-hmm. that's dope yeah they, they fly for sure endo san yeah mm. he's dope but yeah the musicianship out here is just it's crazy there's mm-hmm. such a high level of artistry out here because especially the way that they approach learning a musician it's like like you know a lot of these kids they don't just go and like pick up a guitar as like a teenager and learn to play guitar in their you know in their living room they their parents introduce them to a music instrument as a kid so you come across these drummers who started drumming at four years old Mm -hmm. and then as they grow older after they get out of you know whatever genre and next thing you know they're like shunishiwaka and just fucking crazy Mm -hmm. on the drum so Mm -hmm. uh, i i was talking to uh, my last episode there was this jet axel who's the Japanese music aficionado. He listens to a lot of the more like uh, instrument-based music, so rock, avant-garde, punk. And um, man, he just has like this really intense knowledge about about the music scene out here. And what it reminded me of is that like Tokyo is big as shit. And there's always like these little subcultures that are emerging emerging why am i always emerging <laughs> it's uh, fun we're emerging right. we're right, all right. emerging you know what i mean i'm always uh, i've been emerging so much lately corona emerged right <laughs> but, but there's all these like subcultures that are just flourishing and that you just don't hear about and i'm like yo i want to go to the real underground avant-garde mm-hmm. koto uh mm-hmm. you know show mm. and so i might have to hit up like miyama, miyama. right mm-hmm. like i didn't i i, I met miyama a couple weeks well a few months ago several months ago but then she came to the podcast she mm. she is a a classically trained kodo and bass kodo musician but she also is like grew up in australia and she freaks it her own way and approaches the music mm-hmm. in a kind of really avant-garde and experimental way at times and it's like yo where are the real ill-ass kodo players kicking mm. it because they ain't kicking it with me at you know the <laughs> breakdown 
on the coins are, <laughs> shit. Like I've never, right. you know what I mean? Like when it be like an open mic night or like open night, they they don't come through with a, a seven foot kodo and just freak right. it. But so. she was hella knowledgeable about hip hop and all the stuff y'all talked she's, about on the episode. Head. Yeah, mm-hmm. for she's sure. An uh, underground head, like yeah, yeah, more yeah. so than a lot of cats I know. Mm-hmm. She listen like Sage Francis and Buck sixty five, like yeah, real underground head shit. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. So where do the where do all the dope ass coda players? I want hang? you guys to go listen to that episode, my man uh, Aaron Cholai. You know, actually, she yeah. she mentioned some places, but I wasn't just, you know, like I I record every week, so I don't remember. <laughs> I haven't been there yet. But they've got some shows upcoming too. Mm. Um, and in fact, we we had made a mistake on the last episode about one of the shows. We didn't mention it. So, do you want to mention uh, that show right right now, Tahira? Oh, yeah. I didn't even introduce the the show. We just kind of just I, I'm been recording. Oh, wow. and I'm just gonna keep it. <laughs> I guess I'll that. I guess yeah. I'll just I guess I'll just uh, I'll just I'll just record a little intro for us. But uh-huh. yeah, tell us about that show. Okay, um, on December fourth, I think it's a Friday, and uh, I'll be doing Beats Blues Band featuring Tahira Walker featuring moi, mm-hmm. and it's at um, Nappy Roots, a good friend of mine's live bars a barber shop and a bar you can get a Dope. drink get a haircut mm-hmm. and stay all night and they play the jams we dance we act crazy we have a great time yeah listen i was two blocks wa- from my house i was uh walking up in nappy roots two weeks ago it's like <laughs> 1 30 in the morning your man is in the barber chair getting cut mm. while everything else is going on inside the spot yeah is it's it japanese owned or it's japanese and black owned mm-hmm. oh they so cut nine either yeah okay Dope. Yeah, yeah, for you sure. gotta come. That's yeah, so cool. It's, 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 it's fly. Gotta bring George. Yes, please. Seriously, like they had the DJ going, the food, music, and you just walk into that plexiglass area. It's a whole barbecue. Where chair. is it? Fusa. Okay. On Bar Road. Okay. Bar Road. I've never been out there. Yeah, I you don't gotta think come. I have, yeah. Come hang yeah, it's out, out there. Yeah. It's cool. It's a, it's a little bit of a ways, yeah. What's about an hour? It's about, about an hour. hour. Mm. Yeah. That's not too hour bad. Hour and ten minutes. Yeah. Yeah, not too well, bad. Well, mm. the hour is average for us. Everything's an hour away from us in either direction. I wish so. I got to kick it with you guys more when I was I living know. out there because I was in Higashi Nakagami with oh, George right. for like a, a year. That's right. That's right. I've right. been to you a lot that's though. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Never too hey, late. <laughs> I got room. Come on. <laughs> that's all like what? Chua line? Chua line. Yeah. yeah. Right, but hey, that's Busa, right. Busa station. Mm. Like 10 minutes past Tachikawa. I like how you said that though. It makes it sound like a hood. Like, it is. Let me see your Fusa knuckle tats. If your joint, if your knuckles are uh, <laughs> swollen together, yeah, I'll be repping, I'll be repping Ike Bukuro. You know what I mean? This is my hood. I've been looking for, well, we've been looking for apartments and place over there by where you stay at, though, Maya. Like, yeah, we're thinking about buying an apartment. I'm not you sure if that's the best choice. But I'm it's a like cultural a ambassador for mm. Toshimaku and Ike Bukuro. Mm. And if I leave, I feel like they're going to strip me of my prestige. Mm. You know what I mean? I've been repping Bukuro so hard mm. over the last three years. Mm. Uh, they need to just wow. It must have been really different in Ike Bukuro when you first came out here. I heard it was like this was considered like one of the more rough neighborhoods. Yeah, it was quite dangerous. Gang violence out here back in the day. Mm -hmm. Yeah. This was like the red light district over here that's Mm. still kind of around. You you pass through all the love hotels to get here. But, you know, a lot of pornography was shot here. They had multiple different gangs that were out here. They had a whole television show about it. Um, Mm. Ike Bukuro Westgate Park was like... Mm. This guy who's kind of like, you know, handsome and a detective type of dude, yeah. but multiple gangs in the neighborhood. Yeah, it was so, dope. So. That, uh, wow. that, the yeah. first time I came here and I was uh, I was walking back to the station, these guys, I, I you know, just watching folks, they're looking at me, I'm watching them as I walk up, one guy's here, one guy's in the cut. 
and one of them just said <clears throat> marijuana. <laughs> <laughs> and I look and I look at him Hard, and he's like marijuana. I just busted out yeah. laughing. I was like, yeah, nah. <laughs> like, is it a question? Here. Is it? A, what is he asking that? or is he, is he asking smelling? for it? Is yeah. he telling you like you yeah. must smoke because mm, either way, yeah. I must go. I don't even <laughs> know you like that. <laughs> well, you know I'm the moving. the popular um, like. Um, Club Bed was considered one of like the main hip hop uh, spots out here. You know, num- like multiple shows, a lot of hit- history. And Club Bed, they always—I think they closed down right now. But they were always getting popped for the DJs, the owner, the manager getting caught with trees. So I mean, they just what? focus on that. The coolest mm. spot I saw out here when I was walking back to the station, we were talking about it coming up was. Uh, Zap. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah with the, the big picture of Zap yeah, in front, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Or or Roger yeah. Roger Troutman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. I love yeah. Zap. So uh, when I was walking back, I figured let me just walk down there to see what it is, yeah. and then we went to uh, some the big event. Roger Troutman poster yeah, at the bottom the, of the yeah, stairs. Yeah, yeah. fly stuff. I so love those little pocket areas. Mm. I mean, he's kind of like the predecessor of like audio tune bars, like the real freaked out audio tune joint. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, not the predecessor, but I mean, there's a through line there you could probably find if you're into that you know Mm -hmm. him then teddy riley then i'm sure i'm skipping somebody and then t-pain yeah eventually we get to t-pain and then we get to all the rappers who (laughs) turn that auto tune up all the way and uh the lady out here um what's my partner what's her name she does woody funk man who is this woody funk woody funk Funk. is crazy with her talk box queen japanese she's tough he's amazing yeah i was in i was in shibuya one night walking past a restaurant Mm -hmm. and i was like yo because you know a lot of places have like vinyl and i walked in i was like yo who was just playing they're like woody funk so i looked up on my phone and i just been following her ever since yo she's nice with it nice her energy is and amazing. then uh, at that show for Keith, mm-hmm. she was there. I was like, oh, it's the lady. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think, uh, well, I sent that off too. What? The stuff that I sent. Oh, yeah. You yeah, s- yeah. yeah. No, yeah. but Woody Funk, yeah. Mm-hmm. She's she's dope. She is. She, get, she gets a show too. Mm-hmm. She, yeah, I remember she going to that, that tribute be. show. And being yeah, like, she does show. Super funky. That made me want to find anything mm. about this yeah. person, it's like but it's voice so. box. Yeah. <laughs> 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 right, and, and she believes it. You believe her too. Yes, she's yes, me. For sure. So, um, yeah, welcome to the fucking Megalade show. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> we, we we already in the thick of it, but yeah. uh, we forgot we were recording. Yeah, <laughs> no, nah, it's, it's okay. I'm gonna, I'll show. probably record like a little intro to to remind people exactly what's going on <laughs> and what the vibes is. Maybe There's let a show going on. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, let's start. So, uh, Tahira Walker, you you are a longtime musician. You've been around a multi, you know, the culture for a long time, uh, and and a lot of great artists. Like, who who? Uh, what type of music do you like? What type of music are you listening to right now? <laughs> That's an interesting question. I wish I had like really cool stuff to tell you, but you know, I just I listen to old school R&B. Whenever I have any off time, I like to be fed by good music, and um, I like going back to organic R&B. When you say old school, are you talking about like pre nineties? Definitely pre nineties, like seventies. Okay. Like R and B soul. Like, yes. Okay. So not. I don't even know who would a new artist would be, but yeah, not the kind of contemporary, um, 
rap R&B type of pop music amalgams that we get nowadays. Not like your Ty Dollar Signs. Yeah. Not at all. Summer, <laughs> Walk. Summer <laughs> Walk is pretty nice, yeah. though. Like Alex Isley. Or some of those. I, see, those I are the just, I feel like I need to really listen mm-hmm. when I listen to new artists. And I feel like I need to pay attention when I listen to new artists. So I like to just listen to things that were the backdrop of my um, life, you know? For sure. Let, let me yeah. get like a, a Mount Rushmore of your, your favorites. Um, uh, all male, all female mix. It doesn't, it doesn't matter to me. I just want to kind of get in the headspace of who you think mm. are like the greats. You know, I go for textures and tones and not necessarily their repertoire, you know? I have my favorites that soothe me, and um, then I have like stuff I just like to have fun to. But like as far my favorite female artists, um, I love Whitney Houston's voice. I love Brenda Russell's voice. I love Bonnie Raitt's voice. Oh, Bonnie Raitt, that's a dark horse pick. I, I wasn't know. expecting to hear from you. She's one of my favorite yeah. voices of all times, and um, just the storytelling that you hear through her tone and I hear someone else that's not even her, you know, maybe. Yo, let me, let me, uh, I don't, I don't really listen to Bonnie Raitt. I couldn't tell you a song title from her. Tell me one of your Bonnie Raitt picks, like a song that I could mm. pick up on. I see here, the, the one with the most plays is I Can't Make You Love Me. That got 64 million plays on Spotify. Like, what's a jam? That's a good song. That's a great yeah. song. That is I don't really know that. Song. You know that, Ramses? Yeah, you do. Of course. Yeah? <laughs> Why am I the yes, only trash yes, one? Do. Right, right. Of course. <laughs> She's I got yes, other good ones, <laughs> yeah. though. Yeah. Thank you. Something to talk. Oh, I know something to talk yeah, about. That, I don't yeah. like that song, actually. Oh, me neither, <laughs> actually. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I really don't like that song. Yeah. <laughs> love, um, love Me Like a Man. No, I don't know that one I don't like that title. That title is there, there was one called. What the fuck um, does that mean? That's hilarious. Aggressively. Yeah, I'm about to go read these lyrics. Right? <laughs> um, I guess that would be the same. No, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, kind of like uh, what was Jesse J's version is uh, "Do It Like a Dude." Uh, you know what I mean? Uh, so maybe it's the equivalent, like the New Age version of. <laughs> Wait, I'm about to get these lyrics down. Are you looking you them see up? One no, part I'm, be my lover. One part. Where, one part be my lover. Let me see. I don't Let me know any of these. Yeah, I'm looking, man. Her catalog is all the way back to 1971. Huh. You know that one. Because I can't make you love me. If you yeah, that's, that's really popular. You know that A lot one. Of people Let me play that. it just because. This is a great song. But so, something's out now. Somebody covered this. Prince. Pr- nah, it's no. very popular now. Everybody uh, did. Oh yeah. Maybe like Rochelle Pharrell or, or um, uh, uh, Layla Hathaway, maybe. Okay. Uh, okay. Or maybe it's on one of Robert Glasper's joints, one of his black uh, radios. Okay. Black radio. That's the event. It's a, oh, that's the yes, event. Yes, yes, oh, yes. you right. You right. Yeah, right there. It's tomorrow the on the Japanese holiday. Right, right, right. Okay. My bad, Bonnie Raitt. So what what vocal qualities of Bonnie Raitt is it that you're that you really appreciate? I, I I don't know about like some of the technical aspects of like what style of voice she has or anything like that. Is there anything uh, that you could tell me 
in that regard. You, you too, Maya. You're both, you know, professional singers, and I could tell you, you know, lyricist styles and approaches, but I don't know much about singing. Like, mm. what is it about her vocal tone that? You, she's one of your influences. I, I like her attitude, mm. and I like the fact that she sounds like she's talking to you, mm. but mm. when she goes on it's actually skill and stride and she sounds like an old lady and a sweetness at the same time of youth and you hear sadness you hear passions you hear memories you know you hear a lot of things that you don't find in mm. most vocalists in my opinion in my humble opinion this genre of music is this considered like country or like i don't know i think like maybe folk, folk okay maybe pop, pop. okay yeah. the folk that i'd be listening to would be like weirder than this i like joni mitchell okay bet She's okay. One of my i know joni more music. than yeah mm. do you like joni i don't really know her music so well her lyrics are Really? So. Yeah. Yeah, I know she's she is. Her album Blue is amazing. Blues. Okay. Yeah. I'll have to check it Blue. out. But also speaking of blues, um, do you like Eva Cassidy? I love Eva oh, Cassidy. Me too. Yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh. She made me know that oh I could do I could do this. Mm. You know? Mm. Yeah, so just her approach is simple. Yeah. Yeah. But it's like so soulful. So mm -hmm. heartfelt. Yeah, absolutely. When I think of like um folk i think a little bit further back maybe like the like, 60s like like bob um, dylan or something like yeah that. like norma tenega or something gotcha like that. gotcha i don't know her yeah, let me play something her her. listen to that upright I hear a common denominator. She got bars too. <laughs> Absolutely. She just passed away earlier this year, actually. You know, these are anti-establishment bars. For sure. Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? For sure. Mm -hmm. yeah. I, I, uh, you know. And this is a hip-hop podcast? <laughs> Man. You know, one of the things, podcast. I listen, I I listen to I listen to a lot of music genres, but yeah. because I primarily do hip-hop podcasts, mm -hmm. I'm usually talking about Griselda or Busta sure. Rhymes. But, you know, like a lot of my music listening is like jazz or yeah. Yeah. like yeah. yesterday morning I was I was listening to like Animal Collective all morning, which is like psychedelic folk music. So, mm. gotcha. yeah. yeah, I just don't I don't mm. know. Uh, the people I get in here is largely hip hop artists. I've been mm -hmm. trying to, you know, branch out, yeah. branch out, do mm -hmm. like, you know, I had Jet on. He's doing mm -hmm. like a avant garde subculture yeah. joints and mm -hmm. and Miyama, which is like mm -hmm. bass Kodo and, and mm -hmm. like you, 
you know, which you've you've done hip hop work, but but you're like a singer songwriter, yeah. So, mm-hmm. but yo, let's 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 go ahead and segue <laughs> right into that. Mm-hmm. Like, so you sent me a couple tracks, and I, I was looking at them, I was like, your name is not just featured on it. So I'm like, oh, okay, she want to play some Jay Z. I was like, that's dope. She, you know, she knows she's coming to the hip hop joint. She want to freak her Jay Z knowledge. You know what I mean? <laughs> but <laughs> come <laughs> to come to find out. This song right here in my lifetime remix is let me can I just let me bring it up during the time of oh. remixes. Oh, it's hold on. It's it's Vimeo, so it's it's making me go into another app here. So hold Uh-oh. on. Uh-oh. It might be fine here. Can I play it? Install to watch offline. Oh, hold on. Oh, it's going to just let the SoundCloud music play over it. Let me shut off Soul Dope 95 and play this, right? I haven't heard this remix in forever, though. Really? I had no idea. This is you singing the... On the chorus right there. Me and my god sister, Dana Eves, whose father produced D-Train. And um, a young lady named Jessamine. I forgot Jessamine's last name, but the three of us. Wow. Is it? Are you in the music video as well? Yes. Say what? Hey, mm-hmm. what, what year is this? It's got to be like 94. 98. Five? 19. Oh, in my lifetime. Yeah, at least 97. Yeah. This is, this is when like re- remixes were totally different yeah. from the original mm. song. Right. Yeah, I'll, I'll have to That's check crazy. that out. But yeah, I'm in I've the never video. Heard I mean, I've heard the song. didn't know it was you. That's right. <laughs> it's one of the things you don't really look into. Like, who's the director for, this, for the music videos? Mm. You know, you don't know unless you have an interest in that type of thing. Like, right. yeah. How did this come together? Um, they called me. I think it was Jay Z. Yeah, Jay Z and um, family friends. I mean, Fresh Gordon is a producer and an artist from Brooklyn, and he, I think, he had something to do with the production of this song. But um, yeah, we produced the vocals at his house. And um, in somewhere in Bed Stuy, I can't remember what street, but yeah, just took a, a, a gypsy cab over there, and we did the vocals, and that was it. You know, tough. cash and carry, you know, sure. credits, and that was it. Yeah. That's really just kind of dope to Amazing. just be a part of that history. Yeah. Like I said. I don't know if I said it while we were recording. I think it might have been, but Jay's got to be. If you take like the criteria that most people apply to the goat status, which it's a, it's kind of a ridiculous conversation to have, you know, to say who the greatest of all time is. But if you try to get towards an objectivity of like sales, longevity, uh, classic album, ability, you know, um, just you the know, whole the, maturation yeah, process the whole, and all that, all of these things is like Jay is kind of like right up yeah. there. He's mm-hmm. got the battles, the victories in the battles. Like he, he he's a uh, you know one of the greatest of all time. Uh, yeah, <laughs> he was. Uh, he used to be really quiet, you know, and t- very to himself. And he was ne- super humble. You know, he was. I remember him just being like on the low. You know, yeah. a room full of people, but you know he would laugh along. And but when it was time to spit. Yeah. You know, that's when everybody right. learned who he was. So your relationship with Jay, like you saw it when he was like with Jazzo and not 
not even really one of the people to watch out for and just kind of emerging I, into the scene. I, uh, like an emerged jar, right, like right. a person jar. <laughs> we were kids. Yeah. Yeah, we were kids. Oh, man. So, so I mean, you've seen his career through maybe. everything then. Mm-hmm. And even like when uh, you, you mentioned Big Daddy Kane was in y'all's neighborhood. So, mm-hmm. like when Jay was, when Jay Z was rocking with Big Daddy Kane, I guess working in the background or hype man or whatever. Because I saw it on the. Um, the uh, unsung Big Daddy Kane's unsung. Mm. That's when I saw that Jay Z was really in the mix way back then. Yeah, uh, yeah. you teaching me something because I really didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. he used yeah. to rap. You know that double that time fast, yeah, yeah, yeah. fast rap oh, Big yeah. Daddy Kane style. Yeah, that was his thing. Yeah, him and Jazzo. Right. Yeah. I mean, he's he sounded like Mini Jazzo when yeah. he was mm-hmm. first coming. Yeah. Out. yeah Absolutely. So. Yeah. Yeah, man. And that kind of like how he like got his name i guess yeah um i don't know the i don't know the story behind that but they rock together i mean they're both from marcy and really good friends and you know i think they just um supported each other all along Mm. and then i think jazzo got his deals first jazzo got put on first yeah and then um it was jay-z's time yeah i'm gonna gonna listen to this different do you know uh, Neil Neil Armstrong? Everybody's been asking yeah. me that lately. He's out here now. Yeah, I, mean, I don't from, know Neil. He's but. from Queens, but you know he's one of the legendary uh, turntablists, like battle turntablists. And uh, he was uh, he was Jay Z's uh, tour DJ uh, around the time of Barack Obama's inauguration. But I mean, he's born and raised in Queens. Was rocking with Rock Rada, the Executioners. Like his crew is. Uh, the fifth platoon so you know like they're if i had to rank it like the third greatest turntable crew of that era you know it's like executioners invisible scratch pickles and then like them but you know he's out here in japan now and uh yeah you know the proximity with jane yeah Yeah, i've been hearing his name from like four different people and they're like you gotta meet neil yeah he's one of the the greatest guy i mean like he's just a, a really cool cat like when I met him, I was like, wait a second, like, you're the Neil the Armstrong thing. that I used to watch when I was in, like, ninth grade? And it's like, mm-hmm. yeah. But he doesn't carry himself like that at all. He doesn't carry himself like he was DJing for Barack Obama's inauguration. Mm-hmm. He's just a great dude. So, okay. I'm looking forward I, to I'll contribute. Him. I'll contribute to that, uh, you know, do you know Neil <laughs> thing. For <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, okay. I'm seriously, like, every week the past month so okay oh, yeah. well, it's that means you're it's yeah, coming it's, yeah, yeah exactly Tokyo's a small place like that mm-hmm. do you know uh India Davenport mm-hmm. she's out here too you know yeah yeah I've sung background for her a couple of times okay she was guest on Philip's show mm-hmm. yeah okay Philip Wu yeah. So. she's so cool small place I mean yeah. she's one of those people too that just has been a part of that community for mm-hmm. so long she yeah. just has stories for days and you know it, it'll come up like naturally it's like w- yeah. wait you, that's like a throwaway story for you but it to me it's like you were just chilling with guru and college and shit like you mm. know that's and she's that's so guru down lived on, yeah. on the same floor in my building yeah you used to go bar sugar no we used to go to <laughs> we used to go to ed's bar on myrtle oh, okay. avenue actually mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. no yeah guru lived across the hall from me wow yeah. wow mm. so you had to admit uh Primo, then you had to. If you met Guru, you had to met. Yes, mm-hmm. I know. I know Premier. Nice. I know all the of those cats. Yeah. So. yeah. What an interesting life you've led. 
Let's share some more of these amazing tracks that you're uh, a part of. So you sent me one here and it says Sonic A New Adventure. What is the deal with you and video game music here? Um, what is this? That's a large part of um, work for us mm. out oh. here is singing on video games. So. I actually have never done that. Really? I want to. You should. It's fun. It's to. quick. A quick hit. And is it? How is it different from commercials? It's commercial all, it's songs. Mm, just that it's a full song. Okay. Yeah, it's almost the same kind of gig, mm. but yeah, you just go in and I think. Um, is this your voice right now? Yep. And they just put some stuff on it. But it's really popular. It was really popular. Mm. I'm like one of the most. I'm gonna drop this on my next DJ set. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Is the main and opening theme song on Sonic the Hedgehog um, Greatest Hits album. Mm. You know, I would have no idea that this was you at all. Like, I mean, they've done so much to your voice on it, it's, it's interesting. Yeah. But I just thought it was an interesting walk through mm. my time here. And just kind of showing, like, strokes of different things that mm -hmm. we do as working singers. Mm. Do you remember the lyrics? La la la. Life starts <laughs> with right. a sunny day. <laughs> um, Life starts with a funny day. We are moving overseas. Mm. Um, not so really. did they speed it up or that was the tempo that you had to sing it? That was the tempo we had to sing it. Uh, mm -hmm. I about to say, yeah, you're not in the pocket. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> you know, this is that was a long time Loki, ago. this is amazing. Yeah, Real yeah, hip hop. Yeah, yeah. Real hip hop. For sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's doing windmills and shit. He's breaking on it. Drum and bass. Yeah. Drum and bass. Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't, like I don't really have any it. more questions about that. It. I just find it fascinating that yeah. you've done that. Uh, around what year would that have been? The video says eight years ago, but I mean, that's no. just when it was uploaded. Yeah, I think that may have been like 15 years ago. Wow. Yeah. Well, I mean, I have another track that you sent as well. Let's, uh, I guess, I'm just going to keep on jumping through these okay. and, and see here. So this one is, let me make sure it's on YouTube, right? Is that outside that we're hearing? Cars, mm -hmm. right? Okay. We still cool with that vibe? Yeah? Yes, definitely. The Brooklyn right. vibe. Yeah. <laughs> so this is from 99. Yeah. Giant Swing. Yeah. Is that your voice? Yeah. I used to do a lot of songwriting with the produ uh, production duo, T. Kura and Maestro T. They actually produce for Atsushi now. Oh. And um, yeah, I was like on a few projects with them and um, I coordinated trips with them to go to America and meet people at record companies and just mm. be recognized and mm. just get them warmed up to mm. producing in America. Mm -mm. And um, but they put me on. They like like I'm published with Avex now and mm. through those guys. And cool. I got to write for um, Jackie Graham, who is a um, a well known disco diva. She used to be one of Chaka Khan's background singers. Mm. And yeah, they they really shaped my future or my life here in Japan. Giant Swing. I'm not familiar with them. Well, that's just the name of um, a project that they okay. worked on. But it was like um. A volume series, mm. so that was volume one that, that you hear this song. When I look around, it's a jam. It is a jam. Am I off? I, I'm getting like a maybe it's the wrong name, kind of like a an Emil Larue 
kind of vibe with this song, like uh, doing that I, I that, that late nineties, mm-hmm. early two thousands, that mm-hmm. that side vibe. Yeah, I love her. She's yeah, like yeah, one of my favorite. Yeah, all of those. Do you play instruments as well? You said you had a, a classical piano musician or teacher on. I use the piano, okay. you know, just to find harmonies yeah. or to teach, just doing basic scales. But I can't play anything. Mm-hmm. Not yet. <laughs> Wait until she get that Kodo. Yeah, really. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, listen. Yeah. So when I first moved out here, uh, my homeboy is a is a bass player. He had an upright bass, so. I bought a Colto to send to him. You know, as a birthday present, some flowers. It's, 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 it's just a, a Koto, nice, you know. You a nice guy, dog. Every time it's he comes here, he, this is the first time he's been here where he didn't bring me like five boxes of stovetop Aww. stuffing and my wife <laughs> boxes of honeycombs. Yeah, I, and I never expected. I, you know, I never asked him, but he always thinks about other people. You know, what you I mean? know, what, so I, I appreciate that. No, it's all love, man. I, I, uh, I just try to be a better person. But being in Japan about gift giving, yes, yes, it's a whole thing. It's I'm just learning to be just a, a just a better person. I think it's just mm-hmm. a, it feels good. You know what mm. I mean? It's but, a love language. Well, I'm developing that kind of love. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. I'm, I'm getting better. But I, I, I thought the Koto was a cool thing to send him, but I didn't know to buy uh, the pieces that 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 that. Do the tones for the strings and uh, okay. the white parts right. you come out. So you like, gotta yeah. move uh-huh. them. He's like, "Yo, man, you supposed to." I was like, "Dude, I don't know. I thought it was cool. I sent it to you. Right. Find it. Go for yeah, it. Figure right. it out. Yeah, yeah. It's a fucking Kodo. You know how much it costs to ship this, man. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah, I was, dude. I was in my office. I'm angry for you right now. <laughs> and he didn't even say nothing offensive about it. I'm just like, hey, what the nah, fuck? No, nah, I'm bad. I was in my office and went to do it. I closed the doors and I had this big cardboard box and I was just bubble wrapping it, taping yeah. it, and doing all this. Send it right to Maryland, yo. They're like wow. six foot tall, right? Like the Taller regular one me. is like six Absolutely. foot. And then the base is like, I don't even know, nine feet or something yeah. like that. They're yeah. huge. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, whatever the huge one was, <laughs> I sent them that one. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah it, and it, it didn't it break. Cool. He got it. He said, dude, I'm not supposed to have something else to shape these uh, right. to get the tones <laughs> of the strings. I was like, dude, my bad. Sorry. Right, right. <laughs> Figure it out. Right. <laughs> but you I got mean, that. That's not something that's you can nice just go to Guitar Center and Amazon. pick up. Nah, you know yeah. what I mean? that's, that's a dope yeah. conversation piece, at least. Yeah. And plus, you know, you're a strings guy. Right. You should have that. Uh. Okay. What, what is uh? What, where's your favorite place in in Tokyo? Tahira. Good question. Mm. Honestly, I don't have a favorite place mm. in Tokyo. Okay. I mean, I, if somebody asked me that too, I'd be like, I don't, I don't know either. my fucking I living room. I don't. I mean, like my well, living room. Well, yeah. where or who in Tokyo would say that you're their favorite? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I know a lot of people love me, you yeah. know, but I don't know who's favorite I am. Yeah. Like I've, I've adopted a lot of fans and, and people that support my music, I would say through Philip Wu. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's a beast. yeah he, and he really taught me a lot about who I am or mm-hmm. who I mm-hmm. represent mm-hmm. as a vocalist. And um, he used to put me as um, one of the guest vocalists or main vocalists on a lot of his birthday sh- birthday mm-hmm. lives. And um, so his fans grew mm-hmm. to love me, mm-hmm. and they'll come to some of my ladies at Birdham and, Bl- and Blue shows. Mm. So. Is that yeah. woo like W-U or W-O-O? W-O-O. W-O-O. Mm. You know, everybody loves the sunshine. Mm-hmm. 
he plays the p- piano on yeah. that. Oh, word. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That is, uh, that's like a one of the hip hop samples standards. For sure. Yeah. Yes. Everybody's flipped that. Yeah. Yeah. He's right wow. Out here. And he's but here. Yeah. And his story Wait, is so like interesting just too. like chilling. Like you have to go to one of his shows. Yeah. Right. That's I, how I got yeah. into like you know exile and all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. yeah me too. Meeting. And when Philip. she put me on for the Blues Alley gig, I met him there. Yeah. Mm. He was. Oh man. For sure. You have to go. You know what? What would be dope? If he came here, here he would love <laughs> that. God, yeah. yeah, he would love and that. We yeah, should all bring his him stories. Of I would just. Yeah. He's got stories know. for days. That'd be him we'll and uh, Gerald. Gerald Pine, yeah. Uh, the those they kind of run together. Yep. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Those two. Wow. Yeah, mm-hmm. Philip is huh? is history and music history. He is. Yeah, that's. American I mean, it, it, even if you were just in the studio when they were recording that track, you're yeah. kind of like doper than most people mm. but if you're playing an instrument on that mm. he's frankie beverly and maze's main keyboard player he's ashford and simpson's main keyboard player mm-hmm. he's um he played with whitney houston mm-hmm. he's played with aretha. Brenda, aretha franklin wow brenda russell mm. what a and it's just so dope like him being a chinese american mm. you know in that yeah. scene back in the day and then now being based in Japan. It's actually a crazy story. I went to school with his son, um, the new school in New York. His son is an artist. Mm. Uh, uh, my homegirl's boy just got accepted to the new school. Yeah? That's the same one Robert Glasper went to. Yes, yes. Yeah, I went there. Freshman year. Oh, yes. that's oh, dope. Wow. That's fly. Wow. But his son, Jared, Jared Wu, is, um, yeah. And then I when I met Philip in Japan at Blues Alley, I was like, oh, yeah, I'm from Seattle. He's like, I'm from Seattle. And then so we have that Seattle connection as well. Mm. Um, And then I ended up, I was like, I went to new school. (laughs) I was like, my son went there. I was like, who is he? Isn't it so amazing, like, the the sheer number of talented people that are out here in Tokyo? Mm. It's nuts. You just find out, like, somebody's Mm. just lurking at the kanbini. Mm. Right. (laughs) You know what I mean? No, I see, like, sometimes I just see mad famous people, and it's yeah. like, yo, yeah, yeah. you were in the fucking Hunger Games. And they were what are you doing at, like, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Yeah. Just hanging out. Wow. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you're out here. It's just like, yo, you were singing on that, what? Dude, she was Sonic great. track? <laughs> I got right. a buddy. I got a, I, I got a friend who is a huge Sonic fan, and he runs the, he's one of the three black geeks on the, on the three black geeks podcast, yeah. DJ Sue. Eris, and he is like a encyclopedic knowledge of Sonic the Hedgehog. I'm certain he knows of you. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure certain. He knows it. The song. Yeah, like he yeah. would be like, what? And I mean, he's his show is called the Three Black Geeks, and they really geek out on stuff like that. So he would be hyped to meet you. Wow, that is yeah, that is just wonderful. The, I know how those heads are. I've gotten a lot of fans through the video games too, mm. like um, Konami and just different stuff. Were y'all a part of the the Sonic movie that Jim Carrey was just in? No, no, I wish. (laughs) It was a good movie, man. I mean, for like my daughter enjoyed it. Yeah, Yeah. I enjoyed it to see him back, so Mm. I was there. You listen to Griselda? Yeah, yeah. Hey, (laughs) I mean, they're like the biggest thing in New York right Mm. now, right? For sure. Would you say? Aren't you like a Buffalo native? I mean, (laughs) I am now. Once I heard it got cool, (laughs) you know what I mean. But, but yeah, the Buffalo. Is no. it yellow? Oh yeah. yeah, the joint with Method Man. Ah uh, yeah, lemon. 
They're supporting Walkerware big time in that video. Dude. Oh, word. If you look at the Lemon video, because when I watched it, I hit you. I was like, yo, look. Method is wearing this hat. Walkerware. Oh. And even our Conway got on the shirt. Walkerware is all through the video. Yes. I sent you this long text. I was like, yo, it's about to pop. Yeah. <laughs> we it's yeah, go ahead, bust it, man. Use the restroom. I don't, I, I don't know. Like, um, do you guys, do y'all want to do some, some more musical shares, or should we uh, talk about music, like pop music, K-pop music, and thing? Yeah, let's do that. that. Let's. I, 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 I know. I did want. I did have a topic in mind um, for us to discuss. And uh, last time you were here, Maya, we were mm -hmm. talking a little bit about K-pop, and mm -hmm. I was saying that. I think I was probably saying that I, I I tend to look at the genre with through not the lens of music, but what kind of the, the way that it's created and the history of of Korean music. You know, the their their situation is a little bit interesting because um, for a long time they didn't they weren't allowed to have their own music scene. You know, mm. uh, the and, and finally, when they did, as soon as they were introduced to westernized music and they were allowed to have like a music scene emerge it was already controlled by music executives mm -hmm. and there wasn't really a subculture mm -hmm. that emerged organically that would later be um, popularized by music executives. The music executives basically said, this is the type of music we need to make, so let's find artists that can make this music. And through the history of K-pop music, they've had a strong, like a stranglehold on the way that the music has been created, which is different than most other music genres, especially American music genres. You know, even though the first hip hop song was some really produced hip hop music, you know, we've we've had a mixture of the underground and kind of the top down hegemony of of the music scene. So with K pop I, I I see it as like this last kind of example of late stage capitalism in music where the entire track is not produced by artists, so to speak, but Put together by people who are making a product and for me that calls into question like the authenticity of it whether or not things are being like appropriated and what is like the value in that and how it looks and i'm just curious about both of your opinions on music and like does what is authenticity and does that inform your listening habits like will you like something less if an artist didn't write the lyrics or like something like what 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 is important about authenticity to both of you in music hmm. i don't know if we should start at like do you like k-pop or not or mm -hmm. like it it's not so much k-pop that i was interested in mm -hmm. it's more so of like authenticity and what that means to you as musicians hmm. like go off <laughs> like I, I mean i could try to direct it in other ways but like you know, we were talking about auto-tune a little bit mm. earlier, and that's kind mm. of like a little bit sus because anybody could mm. use it to sound whatever. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, like, what, it, what does like it mean? But I like how auto-tune can be used as a stylistic thing, you know? Um, Cher did auto-tune, and it was like, oh, it gives it a, a, f a different quality. A flavor, yeah. But, like, when you rely on that to the point where it takes away from the music, then then I'm not a huge fan. But speaking of K-pop, I love K-pop. I'm a huge, huge fan of uh, some some artists. Big Bang. <laughs> uh, I'm not yeah. too familiar. I've but got, I got a, you, you mentioned mm. it. I have stickers mm -hmm. that I use. 
Yeah, I have stickers that I use um, online that are Blackpink stickers. But, mm-hmm. but yeah. Um, I don't know about authentic, but I mean, if we're comparing J-pop and K-pop, um, K-pop is, wins. You have to use the restroom too. Yeah. Well, let's let's take a pause for yeah? half a okay. second. Let's take a pause. Then. All right. Yeah, folks, pause. Well, okay. So <laughs> to pick it back up, um, we were talking about K-pop, and I was kind of comparing it to J-pop, and how I think J-pop is just like, it's just like repeating the same exact sounds, mm-hmm. right, over and over and over. But I feel they're not really a, trying to adapt to like where the world is going like what w- what's popular in the rest of the world and it's just this old sound that is really outdated in my opinion um but the k-pop is i mean it, it definitely could be appropriation but it is i think a different sense of appreciation of black music than japanese the, uh, the appropriation has. argument like you know you know i'm, I'm more of a, like an essentialist and i think the appropriation is a weird thing because especially when it comes to popular culture because popular culture is popular culture it's like it's pulling from all of these aspects it's creating it and it has a uh, a veneer of a thing but it, it comes from everywhere right like so much of pop music is that so it's like it's pulling from a jamaican sound it's pulling from a southern rap sound it's pulling from this sound but it's not really a specific culture that it's taken from completely and so like i kind of forgot the train of thought i was going on with that but they japan is a little bit more homogenous and they they're not really as influenced by the world as korea is korea is like really forward thinking like 99 percent of their culture is connected to the internet so what they're perceiving of like pop culture is just like anything and so the music becomes this amalgam of all these popular sounds and forward thinking or not even forward thinking but musical tropes right so the the appropriation is i guess it's important to authenticity but what is pop music these days like pop music is anything that's is what they say but one thing i I, i'm I'm not a I'm not necessarily that involved in listening to K-pop and J-pop. What I do appreciate about both of those is the production that comes with it. It's just this big, massive show with dancing lights, glitter outfits, and everything. So I know it's just a, 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 a just a, a pot of a gumbo, if right. you will, of just all these sounds that you were right. saying. So I just know it's like it's fast. It sounds like the Sonic the Hedgehog song, but people love it. So if you like it, I love it. I just want to see what it's like and trying to find mm-hmm. the groove and appreciate it like you do. Maybe that's what I'm getting at, though, is it like it is a production. It is it, it is yeah. hundreds of people putting into putting together this product, this idea of like this song. Right. It's not coming from the mind of a person that's making the art. It's like we want you to sing it like this. We wrote these lyrics for you. We also teach you how to do this dance. Here's an outfit. Here's a style. There's an entire production uh, for it as a music that is very far removed from uh, a single artist or an artistry. It is a production. And that's what I find kind of interesting about the idea of like authenticity. Like it is authentic in the fact that it is authentically a music production that portrays a certain thing that is creating a sound, but it is not the same thing as Alicia Keys singing, songwriting, and playing the music. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Which is 
Alicia Keys is also a uh, a pop artist, a mainstream artist who has production, who has people putting together certain aspects, but she's closer to the art than these K-pop artists are. And that's kind of what I'm trying to figure out. Like, what what, what is your position on, I guess, artistry and these big productions and it coming from the fucking mud? You but know, art, like, but she's being she she's being authentic to the art but they're being authentic to the culture that is k-pop, k-pop. right mm-hmm. and it's been booming since like what early 2000s late to uh mm-hmm. like 29 2009 8 maybe whatever it is mm-hmm. well the entire been... korean music scene yeah. is is this controlled kind of yeah music production throughout the history of it so it's ill um uh my nephew uh you know one of my many nieces and nephews once he graduates, he's he, he's a music major, and, and once he graduates, he wants to move to Korea because he's he does production and he sings, mm-hmm. and he got with one of the Korean agencies. He's mm-hmm. like, yeah, you know, um, they want to hire me, but they have this slave contracting thing, and this mm-hmm. is how they treat you, mm-hmm. right. and I like this, and they they're only going to give me this much money yeah. for the year, and it's just mm-hmm. I don't even know if I want to be a part of that. Right. Mm-hmm. It's such an interesting dichotomy mm-hmm. the way it's portrayed. Right? It's like. They're projected as idols, but they're f- the furthest thing away from idols. They, they, there, there's no independence there right. in the art. It is completely, it is completely like you know they train you the from military. A, yeah. You. yeah, yeah. I mean they, they. It's an assembly line. Hmm. It's an assembly line of music creation, hmm. and of course there's artistry in that. There's hmm. artist. There's art in everything. There's hmm. beauty sure. in a deadbolt, mm-hmm. but. Like there to me, and this is one of the ethics that I have about like hip hop music, and and it's also one of the dumber things too that people say like, oh, if you didn't write your lyrics, you can't call yourself the greatest MC. This is a little bit antiquated, but it gets towards the point of like, what does it mean to be authentic in your art, and what are the criteria in which we value most in your authenticity? But um, no, authentic. Uh, Beyonce is authentically learning the dance moves. She's authentically being taught them. She's authentically, you know, singing those lyrics in a lot of ways. So she's closer to real artistry in those regards, but less close maybe if you value her having to do those dance moves, her, learn those like develop those dance moves ourselves or or write the lyrics herself so there's like this varying degrees of what we feel is important mm-hmm. and we're authentic in our and not i guess that's maybe what i'm trying to get at here like what, what do you think tahira um i i feel that um k-pop is um a, a true appreciation for yeah. soul and r&b and what you know, being black, a black artist has created in the world. I see them as they 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 saw what we do and they were like, we we're gonna do that. Right. We're gonna do that. But they they blamed it out and they do it their interpretation and they try to like make it more, as amazing as they possibly can. Mm. Maybe some of the art artistry that they do not have for um, singing or you know vocal skills they'll put it someplace else whether it be in the visuals or you know just the inflection of the dance moves or you know just the visuals and I think it's I was just amazed when I started watching and researching I was like well god damn you know but at the same time 
it's an interpretation that was clear and um finding out about how they carry on is just that's not cool but you know that that goes on in right. a lot of like when you get to the top and a lot of right. different um record companies all over the world but korea in right. particular they're, they're pretty extreme you remember how cruel we were to uh millie vanilli Yep. Right? How cruel. And, and it's maybe we need to go back and rethink that because, like, back then, we I think there was, like, this demand, this standard for authenticity. And they really pulled the curtain back on popular music, like, pop music's, um, you know, creation of artists and pop music, the music industry's creation. Packaging. Yeah, uh, and packaging and, and pushing this thing. So they, they, ha they had the image, but they didn't have the ability. And so they manufactured that. Mm -hmm. And now we've progressed as, you know, a, as a society and, and, and music fans and with the artistry that it, it's become more and more they've they've mastered packaging it we right? accept like, a lie right and and we and we value that lie so much so like it, it's not just it's not just the music like in korea there is like a k-pop face like they they yeah. wash away parts of their ethnicity to change their eyes and change their nose and their right. jaw lines and their chest and and it's it's a whole manufactured thing mm -hmm. that is just strange to me mm. we need to apologize you know uh, I, I don't know which one it was but but what are their names rob and fabian or something like that Millie it sounds and Millie, familiar, yeah, right? yeah. one of them commits suicide because of all the trauma that he had wow. from you know the media fallout and the way that people viewed him same thing him. with one of the uh k-pop girls she was in the group and uh i guess the way they run things uh uh your 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 the the audience and the fans like uh besmirched her name and made her feel like trash for being in yeah. a relationship because it's better to be single because um. you get more fans like that and just mm. the backlash so they were on some show from what I read. They were on the show and uh, they were batting their eyes at one of the K-pop guys and that looks down upon. And so yeah. one of the show guys, you know, so they started getting on her. They made her feel bad. Her and the other girl quit the group. Then they, she just kept getting bashed over mm -hmm. time. She wound up committing suicide, yeah. man, because she felt so bad about it. Being in the public spotlight like that is just mm -hmm. can be so damn cruel. I don't know if I and even and, and so even with all this training and branding and creating and you, you, you're in this assembly line, do they teach you how to work inside that space of being a public figure? Doubtful. Doubtful. Because we don't care. Mm -hmm. This is what the, you're, you're part of the machine. Not yeah. gonna make us some money. Mm -hmm. We're responsible, you know, for buying into, you know, a different form of the same thing in the states. Yeah. I mean, everybody, mm -hmm. the the most popular artists nowadays, they don't look like real human beings. You right. know, those mm -hmm. they're under the knife. Yeah, it's a cookie cutter sound. It's mm -hmm. um, it's definitely. Even Not just beauty, right? Yes, beauty and yeah, beauty definitely. Right. Mm -hmm. And um, I mean, it's actually surprising how m many people have had surgery. I mean, Alicia Keys, Beyonce, right. like I mean, everybody. Yeah, Ariana we, Grande. We yeah. are responsible for that. Right. Yeah. And and uh, you know, to me, that's one of the things. Like people, you know, I I bash on on drake and these guys but really i don't I, I i really bash on more of the fan base than them and themselves because yeah. they're they're 
you know it's not just them creating this image it's also society buying into it and things and of course there's no real ethical consumption under late stage capitalism but for me as a person who values music and it's such an integral important part of my life like i think more critically about music than i do even my food so the type of music that i'm getting i kind of in a snobbish way on, almost, I, I demand certain things to be there with it. And I demand certain things. Like, I, there's so much good music that I don't need to hear Kanye's new album for a variety of reasons. There's so much good music that I just don't. Absolutely. And, and like, there's so many musical tropes that I don't need to buy into just because it sounds pleasant. Like, mm. a lot of this music sounds good. I'll be, you know, you're at the, it's designed to catch you and to be catchy and to and you know they've got psychologists and teams of writers that are manufacturing these things and sometimes it's more organic a, a little yachty will emerge because you know his influence from the music genre but at the same time it's like yo it, like is this more art or is this more product and it's like how does this align with my values of artistry and that's why i ask stupid questions like what you, does authenticity mean to you? But you notice that with every, well, folks just leaving the industry and being more independent. Of course, you get more money like that. But I, I found that some of them, I guess they find that freedom to kind of do. Just like uh, with the, some of the labels I noticed, you had to do all the stuff that the people like to catch them. And mm -hmm. then you can make a stank on you. Right. And you can make a, uh, the love below because right. we bought in. We're with you now. Right. You gave us. You gave us what we wanted. Now you. Now we're gonna right. go wherever you want to take mm. us. Well, that I think that's being authentic to give the people right. what they want. As long as you've dedicated yourself to, to being great and to doing a good job with the art, I think that's being authentic. You know, whether the music itself, wherever it comes from or where whatever it is you know if it's good it's good right you know? and, and that's the thing too like there are certain artists who's like their experience is are certain things that i might not feel are in line with what i think is authentic like if you if you're if you're not if you're not a gangster then don't act like a gangster but for these people like their entire experience is like this genre of music this is a trope in it so i'm making music within this genre yep. and i'm authentically trying to express myself within the confines of this genre and you're allowed to do that which is why i like a 21 savage we found out he's not really from this place but he's trying to make music as authentically as he can within the confines of this machine and and i find an authenticity there in his music that i can appreciate like the veneer of like there's always a veneer mm -hmm. over somebody in their art right the, as people there's always a veneer of our idealized self what we're trying to project and you know the reality of things so i don't even know like i was just curious like do y'all think his shit is tight or is it tighter when you know, somebody fucking sits down in a quiet room with a pen and pad and then learns how to, I don't know. I guess it all depends on yeah. how I feel for that day. Just like even mm. with uh, when the internet boomed for a quick second about 21 Savage's real where, where, where he's from. Right, right. But I took it as the whole, that, that piece of that Rakim bar, it ain't, from, it ain't where you're from, it's where you're at. Mm. You know, he was born in the UK, however, he left like, you know, you left at, at a certain age, you don't remember that, but he grew up in Atlanta right. mm -hmm. and wherever he's from so that's where mm -hmm. he's from so sure. he was at so he's authentic to it, that it's weird when we 
like we assign like these values to things right and then when the veneer is pulled back we have to reevaluate how we feel about stuff like it, I, I don't know like at a certain point though like we realize that the most of the machinations of this are all fake and projected and and idealized and not really the way it functions but still like you just gotta support people who lean more towards what you feel is authentic and in that documentary that i watched with your sister i think it's called the remix Mm. she was talking about how like the things that impeded her from wanting to she didn't it's a male-dominated industry Mm -hmm. so she had to kind of keep it tucked that she was a, a, a woman operating within this industry and she understand the machinations of the machine and still authentically created something that to other people had the appearance of something else. Maybe they thought projected, this is coming from a guy. This is, you know, and once that is, that idea is broken, people decide different things, but it's authentically her. It's authentic and honestly her. And she's not trying to trick somebody into it, but you have to operate within the material conditions of, you know, everything happening. So I I don't know, man, just fucking be mindful about art is kind of what I think. Like, be mindful about what's real and what's not. But you can enjoy McDonald's. (laughs) I enjoy it all the time. But but we have to be... What what do you guys think? Is this like a stupid type of conversation? Is this this like a tedious conversation for me to to have? No, not at all. I, I don't know. Somebody might listen to it and be like, ah, well, well like, who cares? No, <laughs> for sure. You but know what I mean? Even, but, but it makes me think about something else, you know, you th- uh, your authenticity versus the product. However, all of us are being kind of moved. Conditioned. Conditioned to be yeah. into all that. As fans, we follow the same stuff. Like, people mm-hmm. ain't shit in real life. Mm-hmm. And I am people. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And what I mean is, you know, for those, for so for the fanfare, you know, who, uh, you know, when Miller Vanilli, oh man, you lip sync, you lied to us, and we bash for the young girl we're talking about. Mm-hmm. We bash you, bash you, bash you. Mm-hmm. We treat our the artists we love. Mm-hmm. You're a product. Mm-hmm. You Not don't a human. Sh- at all. But yeah. we push, you gotta be human, all this other kind of stuff. Right. Treat people right. like, yada, yada, yada. But, yeah. but what are you doing? You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So we have to mm-hmm. be as authentic in our appreciation right. for who they are as an individual right. and true. be a true. But then again, are you a true fan? Or are you just, okay, a lover of what they do? Because I'm going to treat you different. Mm. K-pop gets so much recognition, you know, from Mm. American people. Mm. They, I think we appreciate how hard they're working at appreciating us. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm. That's what I see. That's Mm. the only reason it's, it's a wave is because, Mm. oh, oh, okay. You could do, you could, you could twerk a little better than I can you know what I mean and And you got some rhinestones on top of it you know so I think we appreciate how how our authenticity how much it means to them that's what I think is going on with the whole acceptance of K-pop and appreciation mm. of K-pop. Is it something that you think about that critically, uh, Maya, or is it just like, I like the way this sounds, so what the fuck ever? Um, I like the way it sounds, and I think, honestly, the first time I saw a Big Bang video, I was just blown away by the production mm-hmm. of the visuals. I was just yeah. like, what the fuck is this? What like, really I've never seen... That. Such spectacle. Yeah, it was just incredible, and that's how I became a fan. And then I just started like listening more 
and went to you know Tokyo Dome and and then you saw the oh show. Yeah, yeah. I saw oh their show God. and they, they had got pyrotechnics like and shit all like these that. Musicians, yeah. black musicians from LA in their band. Yeah, killing it, yeah. killing it. And the arrangements were so dope. The reharmonization of all these pop songs, like the chords were all different, and it was mm. just like, it just blew my mind. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's already like, you know, you don't just make ill ass, mm. you play a music, uh, an instrument without being authentic. You got to authentically be dope mm. at playing it. So, mm. or well, then I started getting into like one, one artist in particular, Taeyeon. He's also a solo artist, but he's an incredible dancer and singer. And I started following his solo career and he just, he reminded me of Michael Jackson, just his, his ethic, like he, his work ethic. He would never, like he would never make a mistake. He was just perfect and it was just like super inspiring like mm. yeah. I, I i've never been that inspired by like a pop artist before yeah before that. i met george i was like i'm gonna marry this guy <laughs> <laughs> so i'm gonna fucking meet right, him right 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 yeah Hey, I feel that. I'm going to use that. <laughs> That's going to be the audiogram. I'm just going to send it I to George. I was like, I give up on yeah. romance. Right. Fuck all you guys. I'm yeah. just going <laughs> yeah. to. I, I tend to think a lot about these stupid things because I read a lot of literature like Lacanian psychoanalysis, uh, um, Society of the Suspectacle. You ever Gita read the Audio Board. Science Review? What is that? It's, it's a website that's called Audio Science Review. Hmm. Uh, and I was reading some stuff about pop music. Is a product versus this, yeah, right. yeah. So I, you know, I figured you might dig it. Yeah, I'm into out. that type you, of I said, stuff. Yeah, I figured you. I figured you know. I send you the link. Society is suspect the the spectacle and situationness and and critical theory are all things that I follow, and so like all that stuff is very deeply rooted in like a ruthless critique of everything, and that's like a Marxist thing too, like a ruthless critique of everything, and and you have to especially think about that when its function its functions of the capitalist society and the way that we value art and the way that we um, interact as human beings so i'm always like hmm, what is what is that's this an interesting you know, so. point i think that's why i only listen to to old school because i don't want to forget i don't want to lose foundation and even though i like new things that i hear i just i want i want I it's want a, history. It's, it's a feel good. It's yes. nostalgic. Yeah. 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 I just yeah. don't want to learn. Some, I don't want to adapt to the new. I want it. I mm. want sure. the structure and how mm. much yeah. it meant to me. Mm. I feel that. I don't know, y'all. I don't know. Although I, I totally agree with you. Like, there will never be anything better than the 90s R&B, mm. in my opinion. But, I mean, but then again, like, Neo Soul and, like, how, you know, R&B kind of changed and mm. yeah um, it becomes dreamy and it like takes you somewhere else yeah know? but like the jill scotts and the erica badu's like those are like right my foundation kind mm. of but um but yeah i i mean again k-pop or just just studying different um like pop artists mm. um there was a time where um uh should i even say this okay so yeah. i ended up dating <laughs> one of those musicians that was playing for Big Bang. Okay. And um, I don't think Buddha listens to the podcast anyway. He does, too. but it's okay. <laughs> so um, actually through him, it was a horrible relationship, but um, through him, I, um, I started learning just different styles of pop and stuff. And mm. I do think that made me a better singer, just being able to sing different genres mm. um, than do I did like Tropical House right. stuff out here so. a little bit. But... Um, just learning different stylistic, you know, just different ways of singing, um, I think helped my jazz, helped I mean, my there's, soul there's stuff. like, 
tiers of quality within everything, right? So, like, the pop music, like, I mean, there's at the highest tier of pop music, regardless of how many musical tropes it has or the number of people making it, like, there's incredible artistry all up and down through that. So, mm. there's something to learn from it mm-hmm. at every point, I suppose. Mm, That's what the world getting smaller with the internet, you know, yeah. pop, K-pop, Afrobeat, C-pop. J-pop, <laughs> yeah, this okay. all yeah. of it, you know what I mean. Yeah, so I just yeah. figure, like, even with the K-pop, that's kind of like a, I guess, an Asian thing. So even looking like, uh, again, C-pop, K-pop, J-pop, and then watching like some of the Bollywood movies, you know, it's a big production yep. with them. Yep. You know, because I figure that's just like an Asian thing. So the culture that that's authentic to Asian culture for just mm-hmm. for the the few things I've been exposed mm-hmm. to, that's what they do here. Mm-hmm. Then you know, America with, with our music, we pretty much run the gambit of things, and then. Afrobeat just kind of eases on in, and then mm-hmm. that's become a thing. So right. I I appreciate it. So right. there's authenticity, there's product, there's art. Mm-hmm. It's just where you want to go with it. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, mainstream is always downstream from subcultures. You know, sure. so sure. it all leaks into mainstream and eventually gets there, and then everything that's beautiful becomes, you know, packaged and McDonaldized yep. and turned yep. into something that is a. Uh, you know, an aberration of what it mm-hmm. originally stand for until the copy of the copy is the real thing now. Right. And that's why we got like pumpkin spice lattes <laughs> at, at Starbucks that, that, that don't seasonals. taste like pumpkin or spice. They taste like <laughs> pumpkin I spice. Yeah, the idea yeah. of pumpkin spice and what it stands uh-huh. for. Yeah. So, I mean, that's bold Rillard. That's that bullshit I be reading about yeah. hyper reality and <laughs> yeah. shit. So yeah. yeah, yeah, I don't know. I just be overthinking sometimes, and no, and I be excited yeah. to just hear other people's thoughts on uh, it. Definitely. Yeah. I I do appreciate everybody's uh you know p- points made, and uh, I'll definitely be thinking more about this. Oh, you kicking us I'll, out? No. I, well, I was saying <laughs> like we, we you know I'd like to try to get them to be an hour because I feel like people sure. don't want to listen to like sure. three hours. Yeah. That's why we yeah. started cutting sure. episodes in half. But um, I was wondering if either of you have any new music that you'd like to share, if there's anything uh, online that you want to play. If not, we can go ahead and start getting the hell out of here. I do not. No? Mm-mm. You got any new music? Any new music? Yeah, or anything. Play? Yeah. Uh, of mine? Recently, or, you know, a recent joint? I don't know. Uh, I don't know if I'm ready to play it yet. Okay, you don't have to. I'll have you back in here in a couple weeks, probably, anyways. Okay. You know what I mean? Probably. Like, well, I, y'all yeah. be here all the probably time. Probably so. Yeah. But we could play some some K-pop. Okay, h- hit me to game. Uh, I can find it on Spotify. Here, why don't you bring it up? Is it BTS? BTS. No, no disrespect. Blackpink? You rocking with Big them? Big Bang is... What is the name I'll of it? I'll check them out. PJ. Yeah, it can't be by Big Bang. <laughs> PJ. Start album called Walkin'. Sounds nice. It's so dope. This album is really dope. But I will have some new music soon. With a producer named PJ. This is K pop. That's what I'm saying. It's so Well, I mean. What is so? I mean, pop music is pop music is a sound, and it's a it's an approach to creating songs, and it's also uh, music that is popular. So when they say K-pop, they're talking about Korean popular music, or they're talking about pop music. I think R and B is also included. Right? In oh, okay, because okay. there are differences. I mean, I make the distinction. 
there I go again. Word. Nothing about this sounds Korean to me except for the fact that I can't understand the damn word. (laughs) Yeah, right? For sure. This is close. And and I think that's allowed. Yeah. I think that's allowed. It is. Music and culture. Do it. The Mega Late Show. Yeah, I'm gonna, I might cut out some. I might not cut out some of this shit. I'm gonna cut out some of this stuff, man. It. It's not important to have it, and it doesn't. It doesn't really. It's a fun conversation for us to it's have, really but it doesn't. It, it doesn't. It doesn't mm, okay. share anything about Tahira, which is what the point of this episode is. Mm, it's I like, share too much. Yeah, word <laughs> up, word up. But yeah. No, I'm gonna. I'm probably gonna cut some. We'll come in right here. Well, I'll just say we'll cut some of that stuff out, and we'll share some more music next time. Tahira, it's been an absolute pleasure to meet you. Thank you. Your contributions into um the, the canon of music and in, in brooklyn a, as just being an epicenter of so much dope shit is clear and present i'm so happy to have you my two Thank co-hosts ramses my hatch also wonderful people man let's let's get some uh social media drops and then we'll get out of here Okay. What do y'all think? That's cool? Yeah. We got to get right. a round of applause so first. Thank you so much for having us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Thank you, Thank you. Oh, Clearly, what? clearly, man. Brooklyn is Brooklyn is dope because yeah. of people like you. Yeah. 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 To the beach, y'all. Yeah. Yes, Brooklyn, Brooklyn is is, is a cultural episode, man. <laughs> don't get better than that. Don't get much better than that, man. Shout out to everybody. <laughs> Yo, um, yeah, so the Mega Late Show, uh, let me go ahead and drop my shit first. Of course, it's the Mega Late Show. Thank you for listening. Tokyo Hip Hop Art and Culture. Uh, I want you guys to check out Moto Nice, which is a new blog that I started with uh, Polly Rhyme, and we'll be writing stuff on there. Um, I'll put the link in the show notes. Also, this is not information, which is a kind of political podcast, but it's mostly just a bunch of black folks talking about things that we've decided to, to talk about. Um, yeah, so uh, I'll put some of those links in the show notes, you know what I mean? And uh, Ramses, where can we find you? Uh, myself, Ramses underscore Tokyo on Instagram. If you want the best cotton candy on this side of the world, we got 30 flavors. We do infused and all that good stuff. We uh, It's SugarShackTokyo.com or SugarShackTokyo on Instagram. Maya Hatch. Maya Hatch. Yeah, follow me on all the socials. Thank you, guys. To Hero Walker, you can find me at I am Tahira Walker on IG. You can find me at Brooklyn Girl Presents on IG. How do you spell your first name though? T-A-H-I-R-I-H-W-A-L-K-E-R. You know, the way I was reading it was Tahiri. Yeah, I know. Yeah, And when I mentioned it like to you, I was like, I'm going to have Tahiri. Tahira. And I was like, okay, right. That's all right. It looks like Tahirai. Yeah, (laughs) you know. Yeah, yeah. You know it's hip hop if it's spelled Mm -hmm. wrong. And you can also (laughs) find me at Brooklyn B K L Y N G P dot com. Brooklyngirlpresents.com. And we're gonna go ahead and segue away from PJ, and we're gonna play a track from uh, DJ L Spade, K Ryder, Elliot something, Elliot Keith, and Ariel Mirai. Family. And so yeah, yeah. So here goes uh. A song called Sunshine off of uh, Faker News. Now with more pulp. Check out his episode and peace. Hey, 
As you are for listen to comment and contradiction Given a watched opinion, skip the song And since the fitted you rock sits on top of a skull Which is hollow within Keep all your thoughts to hit and I'll spit and zip it Interrupt me again and I'ma smack the shit out of you When reckon no interjecting COVID is a protection Social distancing won't stop your mask And this fist connected The special guest is in Texas On the second verse Houston, we have a problem Pun intended when I said the word Society, yeah, you probably out killing niggas the same as the piggers and the vaccine givers. Look past the ones that look like you and right into the eyes of ones with the glue that's trying to pump vaccines in your children, make a few billion, make a few trillion. Huh. And Epstein ain't kill himself, that pedophile was murdered, so he wouldn't tell on them. Regardless of his or her skin's pigment at that, not lip gap, click clack, blasting innocent blacks. And you, why are you mad you're given the pass? Hit him with stats. And some still deny the existence of white privileges facts. Guess having these rights, you just have to be right. Well then, sir, I know why you're uptight and like, why can't I use the N-word? Bunch of us demand justice, but sad the hundreds. Stand up cousins in front of a black man in public, act just of cameras, catch it back to pass it when it doesn't. Plus, I'm tired of this. Got plenty cameras, not many cameras, on empty Chevron, what's wrong? But I'm flying a private switch. Line. 